You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the Fan Side Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy Hump Day and happy Timberwolves game day. The Wolves play host the Oklahoma City Thunder this evening at Target Center, the first time the Timberwolves have faced their division rivals this season. We'll get to that on the show and a bunch of other stuff. First of all, though, thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Lockdown Wolves is free and available everywhere, including on YouTube. You can also listen anywhere you listen that you like to listen on audio platforms from Apple to Google, Spotify, and also including uh, the Odyssey app, um, as well as anywhere else that you that you uh, subscribe to podcasts. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon. And that is with two B's, two E's, C K E N. So we'll get to Wolves Thunder in a little bit. I want to start the show by talking about the potential, I guess we could call it the new look, the healthy, you know, up to date rotation for the Timberwolves. Um, and this season, of course, has been, I mean, it's, this isn't unique to Minnesota. It's been a roller coaster for, for, virtually every team and really the last three plus weeks now, I mean, you go back to what was it? The Timberwolves beat the Lakers on ESPN. It'll be three weeks ago, Friday. And that was the the game that Anthony Edwards missed. I believe that was also the first game that Torian Prince missed. There were a couple of guys that tested or Patrick Beverly was the other one. So it would have been Beverly and Anthony Edwards missed that Friday game. So it'll be three weeks this Friday when the COVID issue started to hit the Wolves. Of course, just prior to that, there was the D'Angelo Russell ankle and there were some things going on there. Um, and this is, and the team, even after the Anthony Edwards trip to the COVID list and the Beverly trip to the COVID list, they of course blew the Lakers out that Friday night. They won a game in Dallas that Sunday. It was a four game winning streak. And then the things started to take their, things really started to take take a toll. Uh, they lost, you know, what, what was it? Uh, three in a row after that one, won a game, lost three more in a row. And now we can sit here and say, all right, Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell are both officially, officially questionable for Wednesday's game due to reconditioning. It sounded like they were trending towards playing. They ex- exited the protocols on Monday. It's very likely they play. Um, the only, I mean, the Wolves will be at full strength if those guys both play. So what does this rotation look like? This is a rotation that uh, has been all over the place. I mean, we saw Lander Balmaro's minutes fluctuate quite a bit. We saw the Timberwolves sign three guys to 10-day deals. Nathan Knight became a huge part of the rotation. Um, Jalen Noel has obviously been the biggest revelation and the, the person who's seen perhaps the biggest minutes bump. We've seen Josh Kogi return from COVID, be in the rotation, out of the rotation, back in the rotation, be a starter at one point. Um, Torian Prince returned, didn't play, and then he played again. And then he had a, his best game at Timberwolves uniform, uh, which isn't a very high bar to clear on Monday uh, in the win. So things have been all over the map. What does the new rotation look like? Um, so I want to go through all that. And then I want to spend a little bit of extra time on Jalen Noel, because he's the player that I think has the chance, spoiler, I guess, to, to really stick in their rotation. The, the, the player that saw the biggest increase in minutes, and in his case, really going from being out of the rotation on a nightly basis to, I think, somebody you can't take out of the rotation moving forward. So let's talk about the, the starting lineup first. I think we know what this is going to look like. Uh, we talked about this just prior to, to the COVID issues hitting the Timberwolves three weeks ago or so. Um, 
was the greatest lineup ever. This was coined by John Schumann at NBA.com, and he talks about this in his weekly power rankings column. The Timberwolves had that lineup had the best had the best net rating per 100 possessions of any lineup in the league this year, any five-man lineup. And by that lineup, I mean the Timberwolves' preferred starters, D'Angelo Russell, Patrick Beverly in the backcourt, Anthony Edwards, Jared Vanderbilt, Carl Anthony Towns. When they're all healthy, they have been phenomenal. It's like, I don't have the number in front of me, but it's like a plus, some ridiculous triple-digit number, um, essentially. And and the, the per 100 possessions number is phenomenal as well. And... Um, I mean, it's just been, it's just been amazing that, that, and I've talked about before why that lineup works so well. It's the combination of, you know, a couple of defense first guys in Beverly and Vanderbilt, but also guys who know their roles on offense. And then three offensive first guys who have all improved defensively this year in Edwards, Towns and Russell. And again, have talked ad nauseum about this, but the difference between going from being a terrible defender to an okay defender and from an okay defender to a great defender, it's essentially the same thing. Right. I mean, obviously you want everybody to be a great defender, but the reality is that's not going to happen. So you take a guy like D'Angelo Russell, who's been one of the league's worst defensive guards, defensive players, really over the course of his career. And he's been decent this year defensively. Towns has always been okay. He's gotten a little bit better. And Edwards has gone from really bad to passable most nights, most of the time. We saw him have some issues. Well, really, since he's been back from the COVID list the last three games, he struggled a little bit more defensively. But earlier this year, he was better. And so that combination of five guys is a really strong starting lineup. I think that's what we'll continue to see moving forward. Malik Beasley would be the one that that I've talked about on this show. I think he's so much better as a starter. I just don't know who you take out from that group unless you're giving Patrick Beverly, you know, the keys to the second unit, which now that's a trickle-down effect on the other guys who would be on the second unit. So let's get to that. I think the most obvious, the most obvious three that are still going to be in the rotation no matter what, Malik Beasley, Jade McDaniels, and Nas Reed. So those eight are in the rotation. That's what this is going to look like. The final two spots you could argue are up for grabs. For most of the year, early in the season, it was Torian Prince and Josh Kogi. We saw Leandro Balmaro take a spot at one point. I think that was mostly at Prince's expense. We saw Kogi get hurt for a little while, and then Balmaro got some minutes there. Um, obviously, the health and safety protocols games, there was stuff all over the place. But for the most part, that ninth role has been Torian Prince. At times, it's been um, a Kogi at times it's been Bomaro and then a Kogi would be the, the 10th guy. Now I think you got to take Josh Kogi out of your top 10 in this rotation. Um, I think it's got to be Torian Prince, especially with the way he's played the last game or so, I, I guess really going back a couple of games since returning from the COVID list. And then Jalen Noel, who we'll spend more time talking about later. But Josh Kogi's really the, the only, he's like the, your 11th guy at this point. Jordan McLaughlin is probably a distant 12th. And, you know, assuming the team's moving on from Greg Monroe, assuming Balmaro's out of the rotation, perhaps he gets sent back to the G League at some point. Nathan Knight is still with the team as of now, but he's going to go back to Iowa on his two-day deal soon. Um, he hasn't played quite as well the last couple of games either, and I don't know who you're going to give his, you know, whose minutes is he taking. So there's your top 10. Um, I will point out, before we get into Jalen Noel, um, I'll spend I'll spend 30 to 45 seconds to do my own horn. Before the season, go back to August, September, my top 10 was exactly what this top 10 was. And I said the 10th spot would be between Josh Kogi and Torian Prince. I thought Jalen Noel should have been in the rotation for the beginning of the season. I thought he was probably the ninth man and kind of your instant offense guy off the bench. And I also thought that Jared Vanderbilt probably would come off the bench too. And I thought there, it was more likely that Malik Beasley could get a starting role um, for the Timberwolves. And well, actually, sorry. 
I assumed Patrick Beverly would be coming off the bench, and he was to start the season. And I thought that Beasley would be in the starting lineup. Beverly would be coming off the bench, and then Vando and McDaniels would be kind of the two we didn't really know. But my my preferred starting lineup, go back and listen to shows when I talked about this in August and September, was D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, um, Anthony Edwards, Jared Vanderbilt, Carl Anthony Towns. I thought Jalen Noel should be in the rotation. I thought Patrick Beverly would be the, the point guard off the bench. You're essentially your, um, well, I guess Noel's the sixth man and Beverly's kind of your other first guy off the bench. That's almost identical to what we have now. The only difference is Beverly's in the starting lineup and Beasley's coming off the bench, which isn't a combination that very many people had at the start of the year. We talked about it on the show, but I didn't think that was where we'd end up. But I thought Okogi would be the 11th guy because he is the one guy in that group that is extremely one-dimensional. Um, he doesn't do much besides be a good on-ball defender and a solid team defender, and he's good in transition. But every one of those other guys has either additional upside and can do multiple things, like a Jade McDaniels, or um, is is a good shooter, like a Torian Prince, who f- has struggled this year from deep, but we know he's a good shooter, and he can also put the ball on the floor and do some things that a Kogi can't do. Um, or Jared Vanderbilt, who at the start of the year, we may have put in the same category as Josh Kogi has now shown that he can be one of the better rebounders in the league, a really good switchable defender. He can get steals and blocks and he has found a role on offense where he can be effective without um, having to be too involved in the offense. But the Wolves have found a way to, to keep him involved enough uh, that his minutes are, are positive minutes when Vando's on the floor. That, that much is clear. So the, the toot my own horn segment there is I had this top 10 if this is indeed the rotation moving forward, and if Jalen Noel is the 10th guy and Josh Kogi's out of the rotation, this was my 10. And this was also what I was really keying in on before the season was the depth of this team. If Josh Kogi's your 11th guy, you've got a pretty deep team. Josh Kogi's still a borderline fringe you know, rotation player in the NBA. He's not a terrible player, but it's a good problem to have if you've got 10 guys that are better than him. Jalen Noel brings more to the table. Um, he's improved a little defensively. Well, we'll get we'll get to him in a second. Malik Beasley obviously brings more to the table. Torian Prince can shoot the ball, can defend a little bit. Jaden McDaniels has a ton of upside. He's probably next to Patrick Beverly, the second best individual defender on this team, um, and, and has added over the past couple of weeks. The offenses look great. Obviously, Nas Reed's your backup center, and we know the five starters are all starting for a reason. Josh Okogie's your eleventh guy, and then Jordan McLaughlin's your you know after that. Um, that's your starting 10 or your, your starting five and your top 10, your rotation. Uh, and I, I feel good about nailing that before the season. I remember the conversation I had with Josh Lloyd at Locked On Fantasy Basketball, and he was shocked that I had Jalen Well in my rotation. And he thought he was more just a stats guy to fill in and the Wolves would end up going with uh, with Torian Prince. And I, I thought between the two of them, there was a chance Noel would get on the floor more than Prince. And we'll see moving forward. Obviously, Prince has the size and the positional flexibility to be able to play the three and the four, whereas Noel's going to be at the one or the two. Um, but I, I think that Jalen Noel is going to see a lot of run. So what I want to do next is I want to talk about what his role is and why I think he can succeed is essentially the de facto backup point guard. Um, if Patrick Beverly and D'Angelo Russell are both starting, what that means for Jalen Noel's role and and why I think he he will be um, he will be really solid here moving forward for the Timberwolves. First though, let's talk about the title sponsors of today's show, and that is of course our friends over at Truebill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, want, or simply might have forgotten about. On average, people save up to $720 per year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in just one tap. 
and your Truebill concierge is there whenever you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so that you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped save them over $100 million. Just like Matthew B., who says, in a matter of seconds, I saved $660 for the year on my DirecTV bill, saved $120 for the year on my SiriusXM bill, and saved $840 per year on car insurance. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash NBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash NBA could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash NBA. All right, uh, let's talk a little bit more about Jalen Noel. So regular listeners of the show know that I'm a huge Jalen Noel fan. I think he's been a guy, and I know there's kind of this talk now about like, he realizes he needed to sit for a while to understand the ropes of the NBA. He was a one and done guy in college, um, or I guess he, I think he played two years at Washington. Um, but at any rate, he, he, you know, there's this narrative now that uh, he needed to sit for a little while. Maybe that's true. I don't know. Um, it's not exactly the same as Aaron Rodgers sitting for three years behind Brett Favre, but um, whatever that, whatever the case really is there, I've been a big fan of his game since he started seeing playing time last year. I think that in his rookie season, when he saw the floor at the NBA level, which wasn't often, he shot the ball really horribly, but he was really good in the G League. We saw that last year, really good in the G League. And then when he started to get minutes, January, February of of last season, we saw the scoring potential that Jalen Noel had. He was terrible defensively, and he still was prone to these stretches where he couldn't buy a bucket from outside the arc. But we saw the scoring upside. We saw him score in the mid-range and, at, and in the paint, um, and we saw him really struggle defensively. So the question was, could he develop enough defensively or add some other element to his offensive game to, make, to, to force his way into the rotation? Well, early this season, he was simply the odd man out. We saw him play in summer league in Las Vegas, and the Wolves tried to get him to expand his game a little bit. But they're just, I mean, we talked about this. The the depth on this team, they really do go 11 or 12 deep in terms of rotation. I'm not saying all these guys are starting caliber talent in the NBA, but rotation level talent goes 10, 11, 12 deep. So Noel was the odd man out. He finally gets his opportunity really around the time the health and safety protocols, the COVID issues started to hit the Wolves in mid-December, and he's been really good. Um, now, recently... With D'Angelo Russell out due to health and safety protocols, Jalen Mills had the opportunity to actually initiate some addition, some offense um, with the second unit, which we saw a little bit of last year, and it was it was rocky at times, but but there was just enough there to make you think that hey, this guy might be able to do it. Um, still, the shooting percentages are not eye popping. I mean, what's his what's his uh, his career three point shooting percentage at the NBA level is thirty point seven percent. He's thirty two point seven percent this year. That's not very good. He's shooting under 44% from the field. His effective field goal percentage is 49.7%. Um, and his true shooting percentage is, is 51.1%. So those numbers, you want them to be a little bit higher. You even look at his G League numbers, and 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 they're a lot better, um, which is part of the reason I still believe in his shooting potential, by the way. I think shot selection continues be, to be his biggest issue at this point. But in the G League in the nineteen twenty season, he played 26 games, so not a terribly small sample, and shot 43.6% from outside the arc. He was an, an over 40% guy in college uh, at Washington. Um, actually, yeah, and I, I was right earlier when I corrected myself. He played two years at Washington, but he was a, a 40%, 39.6% three-point shooter at Washington, 44% his senior year when he won Pac-12 Player of the Year. So Jalen Noel can shoot the basketball from distance, Um 
it, it just hasn't yet transferred to the NBA level, but I would bet he, I mean, he's what, he's a 22 year old, um, 22 and a half year old, doesn't turn 23 until summer. And he shot the ball everywhere else. He's going to figure out how to, you know, add distance to his, his shot at the NBA level. And he's already so good from the mid range, which of course, uh, it, it's really more the 10 to 16 foot shot than it is the 16 feet and on. Right. So it's not like it's simply he's shooting from where he was shooting threes from in college. He's shooting 10 to 16 foot jumpers, elbow jumpers, um, you know, coming off pick and roll game and pulling up kind of in that D'Lo range where D'Lo likes to shoot mid range shots. And he's really good from that distance on the floor. Um, in fact, in the in the 10 to 16 foot range last year, Jalen Noel shot 61.9%. It was a relatively small sample, but we're still talking almost 800 minutes. This year, he's actually only 38.7% from that range. So not nearly as good. Uh, and in fact, that's not even passable to shoot under 39% from the mid range. But if you could shoot somewhere in between there, if you can be closer to the 62%, again, in a larger sample, in that range, then, I mean, you're an effective score. And I've said this before. I think that Jalen Noel's game is a really intriguing mix of, um, and I'm not at all suggesting he's going to be as good as either of these players moving forward, but a mix of D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards. He's not as athletic, obviously, as Anthony Edwards. He's not as good of a shooter as D'Angelo Russell. He doesn't pass the ball quite like D'Angelo Russell, but it's that mix of bulldog mentality like Anthony Edwards a little bit of the mid-range and the shooting touch and some of the creativity. He's got more of Delo's creativity than Edwards, where Edwards is still working on developing that part of his game. There's somewhere in between there where Jalen Noel fits. And that's why I think if he's your 10th guy, he's now essentially your de facto backup point guard. Patrick Beverly's starting. Um, he may be part of the first substitutions, head to the bench, and Noel plays with Delo, And then maybe Delo gets a rest and Noel runs the second unit for a little while before Beverly comes back. So we may see, we might be talking three or four minutes in the second quarter, three or four minutes in the third or early fourth quarter, where Noel's actually running the second unit without a, a true point guard, without a Russell or a Patrick Beverly on the floor. But if Noel can get 16, 18 minutes a game and a third to a half of those are running the second unit, that's great experience. And I think it's something he can do. Uh, this is, there's no way this is sustainable, by the way, but his turnover rate this year is insanely low. It's uh, like 6%. It's 6.9%. By the way, last year it was 7.2%. For his career at the NBA level, Jalen Noel's turnover rate is just 6.9%. And it's not like he's never, it's not like he, he never does anything with the basketball, right? I mean, he's not, uh, he's not, Jared Vanderbilt. He's not, uh, you know, Josh Akogi, guys who never use possessions. Jalen Noel is actually fourth on this team in usage rate. 23.5% is his usage rate. And his turnover rate is under 7%, which is absolutely insane. The only other player who's in that neighborhood is Malik Beasley, whose number is slightly lower. And that's because we know that Malik Beasley doesn't do anything besides shoot when he gets the ball. Maybe a couple dribbles into the paint. Maybe he's pass, rotating around the perimeter. But Malik Beasley's not playmaking. Jalen Wells spent a good chunk of his minutes, uh, according to basketball reference, 15% of his minutes at the point guard position. And, you know, playing off the ball, he he operates more in the pick and roll, certainly, than Malik Beasley does. He's got an assist rate of almost 23%, but his turnover rate is 6.9%. There's no way that's sustainable, especially if he keeps playing this much point guard. But that's a really good look into, he's just a good basketball player. I, I don't know how else to put that. He... He knows how to get to the rim and score. He knows how to shoot in the mid-range. He can shoot threes, and I think that'll continue to improve. 
His decision-making in terms of passing the ball is really good, and his passing ability is solid. It's just his shot selection offensively is really the only thing that I think is holding him down. We've seen his free throw rate really kind of plummet uh, a little bit this year, but that's something else that can come up, and and obviously that's going to stay a little bit lower. It's similar to D'Lo if he stops and shoots from 10 feet instead of getting all the way to the rim. Um, But Jalen Noel, I, I mean... He is going to be the biggest beneficiary of this this unfortunate time where the Wolves were shorthanded, and he's going to end up um, he's going to end up being a big part of this rotation moving forward. I truly believe in his talent. I think he's a solid player. I actually think he's more sixth man than he is ninth or tenth man. We'll see, uh, you know, whose minutes he eventually takes over and what this rotation looks like. The Wolves obviously have a bit of a logjam when healthy with D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Patrick Beverly, Malik Beasley. Um, I've been advocating this for a while. I mean, does Malik Beasley lose some minutes to Jalen Noel? We saw that in the fourth quarter of a game that was turning into a blowout um, just the other night against the Clippers. I don't know if that's a sign of things to come or simply minutes management, load management, I guess, if we want to call it that, Uh, you know, late in a a game that was becoming a blowout. Or if this was, let's see what happens. Let's give Jalen Noel some of these minutes. Don't be shocked if things keep going the way they've been going through the first you know, uh, 40 or so percent of the season to see Jalen Noel eat into Malik Beasley's minutes a little bit off the bench uh, here in the coming weeks. All right, let's finish the show by talking Wolves Thunder. Oklahoma City's had some health and safety protocols uh, adventures here of late, so we can talk about who's available and who's not for them here in just a moment. First, though, let's talk about our friends from Built Bar. It's the new year. That means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and a lot of times even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which are certainly chalky, waxy, or can taste like a chemical spill, you want to eat healthy, but it just gets boring. By week three, you might be thinking, this is not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, we've got you covered with Built Bar because Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which is usually around 240 or so calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes, whether that's at home, in the pantry, at the office, in your car. Throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars so whenever you're craving a snack, you can reach for something that's healthy and genuinely tastes incredible. Even if you're not a big fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. There's so many flavors to choose from, coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel mint brownie, Many, many more. I had an eggnog uh, built bar today. I'm sure there's probably still some on the website. They are phenomenal. If you like eggnog, they taste amazing. Just like eggnog with chocolate, exactly what you'd want it to be. Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors, just like eggnog. So check out built.com often to see what's new. Go to built.com and use our promo code, get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code locked15 to get 15% off at built.com. Built.com, 15% off with promo code locked15. Let's also talk about our friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline has you covered with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football now continues the march, uh, or I guess just completing its march through the college bowl season with just the national championship game upcoming. And now the pro football playoffs are only about a week away. BetOnline remains a week and a half or so. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action 
this season, this year, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. You can receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball to football, NHL to boxing and UFC, right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take it. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online where the game starts. All right, let's talk Wolves Thunder. Weirdly, this is the first time the Timberwolves and Thunder have faced each other this season. We're almost halfway. We're like 45% of the way through the year. Two divisional teams, uh, division opponents. They play the home and home this week. So the Wolves are at home on Wednesday. They go to Oklahoma City on Friday night to take on the Thunder. Um, and Oklahoma City is intriguing. They're still the second worst record in the Western Conference. They're maybe not quite as bad as people expected. Um, obviously, Shea Gilgis Alexander is fantastic. He's just a really good player. Josh Giddy has been way better than anybody thought he'd be um, as a 19-year-old rookie, especially of late. So we'll talk more about him here in a second. But Gilgis Alexander has been great. They have some veteran guys that have played well. Kenrick Williams, uh, Derek Favors of late has played really well for them. Um, but this is just a really, oh, Darius Baisley's another young guy who's played who's played fairly well for them this season. L- lately, though, Shea Gilgis Alexander missed their loss the other night against, uh, who they lose to? Against Dallas due to health and safety protocols, but he's back already. Sounds like there could have been a false positive there. Um, but he's back or should be back against the Timberwolves on Wednesday. And Josh Giddy recently missed three games due to health and safety protocols. He returned to play against the Mavs and put up, I think I saw he was the youngest player to have or youngest rookie to have a triple-double, if I'm not mistaken, but 17 points, 14 assists, 13 rebounds. His big issue this year has really been shooting, but he's been solid everywhere else. I mean, he's been a really good defensive player. Uh, You know, and a lot of times rookies aren't, rookie teenagers aren't. Um, You know, obviously from Australia, hasn't played, you know, American. He hasn't played basketball stateside in America before, and he comes here and is just phenomenal defensively. And that's not something that you always see adjusting to a new league, et cetera. Really, really good. Um, shooting percentages, not great, but uh, what? 39% from the field, 26% from three, 65% from the free throw line. But you look at his game log and he's had some really solid performances, especially lately. Um, he almost had a triple-double uh, the week before Christmas. He had eight points, 18 rebounds, and 10 assists in a one-point win over the Clippers. And he had a 0.10 rebound, 10 assist game right before the, he hit the COVID list in a win over the Pelicans. So two triple-doubles where he just missed on points. This time around, he scores 17 points, took him 16 shots to do it. Didn't get to the free-throw line at all. Um, but Josh Giddy, if he can figure out the shooting thing, and he's got plenty of time to do that, I mean, he's a guy who can play defense. He can rebound. He's obviously a, a big-bodied, essentially a shooting guard, a big-bodied wing, um, guard-wing combo who can who can rebound, who can defend, who can pass. If he figures out the scoring and the shooting, then, I mean, look out. He's really, really fun. And Shea Gilgis-Alexander has been really good again this year. We'll see him play against the Wolves. As a team, the Thunder are pretty solid defensively. They're middle of the pack. They're 15th in defensive rating, but they're 29th in offensive rating, and they're dead last in three-point shooting percentage. So the Timberwolves can kind of pack the paint, can keep the likes of Josh Giddey and Gilgis Alexander from really hurting them in the paint at the rim. They should be in pretty good shape. Um, it's unclear. Derek Favors actually just came back from health and safety protocols. I think his first game back was against the Mavs earlier this week. But it's not like the Thunder have a, you know, a murderer's row of, of big men down low that are going to give the Wolves trouble. I mean, they don't. 
right? This this team is essentially, I mean, Minnesota native Mike Muscala is a rotation guy for this team, but he's more of a perimeter threat anyway. Alexi Pokasevsky, seven feet tall, but he's not going to punish you inside. Um, besides that, this team doesn't have a ton of size. So Minnesota should be able to win on the glass. They should be able to win in the paint. And if they can just make the Thunder make difficult three-point shots, they should, the Timberwolves should be in pretty good shape. The The Wolves out-rebounded the Clippers the other night. They dominated the Lakers on the glass in, in that weird loss on Sunday. And the Thunder are, I think they're 24th, I believe, in, in offensive rebound rate. So if the Wolves can secure defensive rebounds, continue to improve on that end of the floor. And if Carl Anthony Towns returns, they sh- there should be no answer for Carl Anthony Towns when it comes to the Thunder. Cat should be able to eat on the glass. He should be able to eat in the post. Jared Vanderbilt should be able to to get as many rebounds as his heart desires in this game, except for, I guess, maybe if, if Josh Giddy gets in his way, apparently, with how he's been rebounding the ball lately. Um, this is an extremely winnable game, obviously, for Minnesota. However, if SGA and um, and Josh Giddy indeed both play, which is what's expected, the Thunder will have, you could argue, their best two players. Um, you know, maybe not earlier this season, you wouldn't say that about Josh Giddy, but the way he's been playing of late, um, you have to consider him one of their better players. And, and that pairing, plus, you know, some of the other guys, the Pokasevskis, you know, Derek Favors is a solid veteran. Kendrick Williams is good off the bench. Mike Muscala has been really good for them this year. I mean, this is a better team than people thought they would be. It's still a team that the Wolves should be able to beat twice this week if they're healthy and if they can play. If they play like they did against the Clippers Monday, they should win each of these games uh, really by double figures. So um, of late, though, the Thunder have been playing fairly well. Uh, just a couple weeks back, kind of right around Christmas, they had a three-game winning streak. They beat the Clippers, Grizzlies, and Nuggets. So three pretty decent teams. I mean, the Clippers and Grizzlies, are all three of those are very likely playoff teams in the West. And then they only lost to the Suns by 12. They beat the Pelicans. So they won three or four out of five there. Uh, and then recently also beat the Knicks by 15. The ma- loss to the Mavs was only nine points. That was the giddy triple-double, and they didn't have SGA in that game. So Oklahoma City's certainly not a complete pushover. They're they're not the Houston Rockets, um, and they're not a couple of those teams at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. So, you know, I, I don't want to pretend like this is going to be an easy two games. It wouldn't shock me if the Thunder stole one of the two, but these are exactly the kind of games that the Wolves, when they drop games like they did against the Lakers on Sunday, that they just kicked it away. Minnesota has to respond by winning these games, both games they'll be favored in, both games they should win with a healthy Towns, a healthy Russell, a healthy Edwards. Um, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to watching Gilgis Alexander take on the Wolves and also uh, Josh Gideon and getting to watch him uh, try and go against. I'm also curious about how the Wolves will defend them if Josh Okogi gets in the rotation at all, if healthy, I'm projecting he won't. I would think that this is probably Jaden McDaniel's territory, Patrick Beverly maybe um, at times. Uh, it's not like the Thunder have a dynamic backcourt. So how will the Wolves match up against against the Thunder's offense? Uh, we will see. Um, so Wednesday night, following the game, we will have the postgame pod, of course, posting late Wednesday. That will be Thursday's pod. And of course, we'll be back Friday as well. We'll do the postgame pod following Friday night's game in Oklahoma City. Um, so regular schedule this week. Make sure that you subscribe and follow the show wherever you like to listen. And thank you to those of you that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. The show is, of course, available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as Apple, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, really anywhere you want to listen to podcasts. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. That's all we have for you today. Thanks for listening to Lockdown Wolves, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. A reminder also about our friends over at the Locked on Bets podcast. 
Uh, if you don't listen to Lockdown Bets, you should. Uh, please make it your second listen every day. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms, just like Lockdown Wolves and all the Locked On podcasts. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.